This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Dave McCann. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, January 14th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who is always stocking up for Dr. Pepper on the weekend, Dave McCann. If uh, if I had an NIL when I was a student here at BYU, and if it was Dr. Pepper, my life would have been completely different. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it would start and end? That's where it would start. It's good to be here. It's hey. great to have it Friday. Friday always has an awesome feel to it. Yes, it does. You know, it's just like, all right. We made it. This is how we do it. This right? is how we do this it. This is how we do it. You Here's bet. your caffeinated Friday show lineup. New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson will join us live to recap his rookie season in the Big Apple. What was the number one lesson he learned in year number one and how he's rewarding his offensive linemen? BYU basketball now facing a massive road test at San Francisco. Can head coach Mark Pope avoid back-to-back losses for the first time in the regular season while he's been at BYU? Plus, international stars making a huge impact, loaded show. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. All right, Dave, lead us off with the headlines. Well, Cougars dropped game one of the two-game road trip a couple hours ago, or so it feels. It feels like It was that. a late night in Spokane. Yes. Zags won at 110 84 they're number two in the country. I think they're number one now in the Ken Palm. That's how good they are. They'll BYU. be number one in the AP poll, assuming they don't have a massive letdown and lose tomorrow. Yeah, which they're not going to do. 43% from the field BYU shot from three, which is pretty good. But the Zags were 69%. You could, you could beat anybody shooting 69%. It's insane. Barcelo had 19. Loner had 17. It was a good game for Loner. Okay. We'll talk about that coming up. We got a big one at San Francisco tomorrow night, another late one, 11 o'clock Eastern time on BYU Radio. Good news for BYU football fans in the receiving core specifically. Puka Nakua posting a hype video on his Instagram page saying, who's ready for next year? Hashtag go Cougs. Nakua testing the NFL waters perhaps. I didn't know that was a thing. Apparently it was, and he's going to rejoin Gunnar Romney and Keanu Hill, Cody Hagan, Chase Roberts. That's a talented wide receiver group, Dave. Yeah. In 2021, Nakua led BYU with 805 receiving yards, six touchdowns, and how about an average of 18.7 yards per catch? He was the big play guy. South Florida, get ready. Go. Those guys are coming September 4th. How about the women's team? 18th rank. Still rolling. Boy, they hammered St. Mary's. You were on the call last night. 78 to 36. That game was over about one minute in. <laughs> up by Dalton. Crossover dribble. Flipped up a shot. How about the tip by Hampson? 6'7", <laughs> Sarah Hampson, the number two shot blocker in school history with the tip. BYU with four players in double figures. Paisley Harding had 18. They're on the road now to L.A against the LMU tomorrow afternoon. Latest ESPN women's bracketology, the Cougars remain a four seed this morning. Let's go. Get a little higher, you get some home games out of the gate. This is, we're gonna talk about them too, this is a phenomenal team. Maybe the best that Jeff Judkins ever had. If they just keep winning, like the games are supposed to win, let's say they even drop a game at Gonzaga but win everything else, they're gonna be a top 10 team and probably a three seed at worst, on Selection Sunday. That's yes. amazing. What amazed me about that highlight we showed, one was Albiero's shot attempt, <laughs> and then second was the, the 
wild tip from Hampson. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was that kind of night for the Cougars. Certainly. It's wild card weekend in the National Football League, and that means Cougars doing their thing in playoff football, including the San Francisco 49ers, led by all-pro linebacker Fred Warner, taking on the Dallas Cowboys at Jerry's World Sunday, 4.30 Eastern. Don't forget the Kansas City Chiefs and their two safeties, Daniel Sorensen and Zane Anderson against the Steelers. They will host them at Arrowhead Stadium Sunday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern. And the New England Patriots with Kyle Van Noy will take on the Buffalo Bills tomorrow. I love that we have playoff football on Saturday, Sunday, and then there's going to be the first ever Monday night playoff game. As it should be, and if they could figure out how to work in Tuesday, I'd be all for it. The Utah Stars have acquired the returning player rights for former BYU star Yoli Childs. Childs suffered an injury while playing in Germany. If he chooses to return to the G League, the Stars would currently be uh, the team that holds his rights. I saw him in the weight room a couple of weeks ago, and uh, what a good guy. Just a Yoli's good Yoli's the best. Guy. Now he's the dad and living that life as well. And Yo was the center when the Cougs beat the Zags two years ago after getting thumped up in Spokane the yeah. month before. Yeah, how about that? How about that? 16. He's not available next month, though, <laughs> sadly. Broly Children is not available. <laughs> no. The, the mystery man. 16th-ranked BYU Gymnastics preparing to take on number 22 Nebraska in Lincoln this Saturday, 7.30 Eastern. BYU coming off that third-place finish at the Best of Utah meet with a 195.225, and that was with nine athletes sitting out in COVID protocols. I'd like to see what a full-strength BYU Gymnastics team can do. And again, the Cougars, they still jumped up three spots in the Road to Nationals rankings from 19 to 16. The last time we were at Nebraska was the Mangum Hail Mary, right? Wasn't that fun? Like in any sport. Wouldn't it be great if, if it was tied and then Mangum showed up on the beam? <laughs> and the then beam he just got it was done. elite. Leave the fans stunned. <laughs> BYU Indoor Track and Field Invitational continuing today at the Smith Fieldhouse. A lot going on over there. Shot putter Gretchen Holstries throw of 17.1 meters is the second best all time at BYU. Dallin Vorkink is in first place in the heptathlon after day one. Well done. Our best uh, wishes to swim and dive today. They're at Air Force today in Colorado Springs and tomorrow here in Provo. Former BYU volleyball star Kennedy Eschenberg signing her first pro contract. She'll play the rest of the 2021 season with the Schwarz-Weiss-Ertoff squad in Germany. I'm not sure if I said that right, but if you're watching this morning in Germany on BYU TV, my apologies. <laughs> we'll uh, confirm whether or not that was correct a little bit later. <laughs> our crack research team and all those pronunciations all rise and shout it's time for what's trending you're talking about it and so are we it's what's trending on byu sports nation a 26 point loss in spokane against the gonzaga team that seemingly could not miss last night for byu men's basketball 110 84 dave you pointed out some of the numbers earlier when we were going through our headlines the cougars shot Almost 45% from the three-point line, 43% from the field. They had 49 points in the first half, but still trailed by 12. So with that in mind, was that BYU's best performance despite the 26-point loss? You know, it's they played well at times. When it was really tight, around 20, that's when you know a couple of turnovers from guys who don't usually turn it over. Uh, and then the game got out of hand, and it was 12 and 20 points. But the, but the Cougars kept fighting, and they kept shooting. Um, the rebounding battle ended up tied at 33, as Wild. big as the Zags were. But, of course, most of those shots went in. 
Uh, and so they, they didn't have to rebound a whole lot. But it was important to me to watch Foos and Atiki uh, in that environment. They, they were taken to school. I mean, the Zag star player had 30 points. Drew Timmy, I mean, Timmy is a he's awesome. a lottery pick. Right. A lottery pick against Atiki, who is still trying to figure out where he's supposed to be. And, and Foos as well. But we'll look back on, on their careers and we'll look back to games like that. Where did they learn it? Where did they learn to play their position? Well, they learned it while getting beat playing it by some of the best in the country. And so I, I kind of footnote their performance last night in that setting. First time that they've been in that setting. First time they haven't been able to hear their head coach or their teammates in communicating. And you could tell on the switch defense and the help defense that just wasn't there. And it allowed Timmy, I don't know how many layups he had or shots right at the rim, but he was 13 of 14 and they weren't all three-pointers. But they took BYU to school down low. But being at school, you get educated, you yes. learn, you grow, you develop. Hard lessons. And I thought Jay Billis had some nice things to say about those two. BYU big men, they're going to get better, and they're going to get Big 12 ready, and they've got another season to do that. Yeah, Billis joined us yesterday and spoke on the fact that BYU is going to be an NCAA tournament team. And even while they were getting pummeled at points last night by Gonzaga, doubled down on that. So this is a tournament team. This is a good BYU basketball team. Like you said, Dave, this is just a hard lesson. Gonzaga, in large part to me, feels like a high-quality NBA G League team right now. Like, I would put them up against an NBA G League team. They probably wouldn't win that game, but I'd run the Zags out there with the likes of their 7-1 Kevin Durant-esque Chet Holmgren. And he really didn't do much. He had 12 points. And Drew Timmy and Andrew Nemhart. I mean, there were four NBA players on the court at the same time for Gonzaga last night. Yeah. Whether I that's eventual or later, I mean – Still, they're, they're NBA-type talent, so that is such a good team. They're going to be the number one team in the country. And BYU with no Richard Harward and no Gavin Baxter, you wonder, oh, what kind of a difference would they have made? Well, Timmy's not going to shoot right. 13 for 14. They're not shooting 69% no. from the field. No way. And, and, and I, I really felt last night is where BYU missed those two, just in the help defense. And, uh, and how they communicate with the other guys sure. on the defensive end. They really missed Baxter. They really missed Harward. Uh, and in exchange for the loss of seniors, you've got, you've got freshmen. And I thought that was the game. Despite the raining threes and all of that stuff, once the Zags knew they could get to the rim whenever they wanted, I just think the, the whole playbook opened up. And then BYU tightened up knowing they had to score every time down sure. the floor. Just to stay in it. Now, we asked the question, was this BYU's best performance? Clearly, no. They lost the game. I mean, they played really well in some big-time wins. Oregon knocked off number 3 UCLA last night, so it's kind of good for BYU, knowing that BYU beat Oregon head-to-head. -head. Not sure how much that's going to be worth the metric or in the metrics if a Oregon later on. If Oregon keeps going, that'll be great. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but in a loss, clearly this was BYU's best performance in a loss. This is, they lost four games. Vanderbilt, not great. Creighton, not great. Utah Valley, Lee. This is their best performance in a loss for sure. <laughs> Well, John Rothstein tweeted out last night the Zags would have beaten the 96 Chicago Bulls. <laughs> he's, he's not far off. Our stat of the day, Mark Pope has not lost back-to-back -back regular season games as a BYU head coach. Will that streak continue okay. tomorrow okay. at San Francisco? Wow. All right. So a stat of the day to lead off topic two. Uh, you know what? Until I see it happen, I got to go with what I've seen in the last two and a half years for Mark Pope, and that is his teams bounce back nicely. So this is bad news for San Francisco, I think, because BYU had a hard lesson against Gonzaga. They're going to regroup today. They're going to play way better defense against San Francisco. 
Granted, they'll be playing a team that's not nearly as talented as Gonzaga, so that'll help out with the defensive measures. But yeah, I think BYU does bounce back. And this is a place, except for the last few years, where BYU has really enjoyed success. For whatever reason, BYU teams shoot well at War Memorial Gymnasium up on the hilltop. I think that continues tomorrow. BYU bounces back and gets a huge win, a quad one win against San Francisco tomorrow. Because this is what Mark Pope's teams do. Until until we see them not win after a loss, I'm going to go with the trend. And who knows what's going on with California. I've seen a bunch of gyms that are empty. Uh, and if BYU goes into an empty gym or one that's that's got few fans due to the COVID situation, coming from where they had last night up in the kennel, it'll be a night and day experience of just energy in the gym, which I think works to BYU's advantage uh, now that they've had their pride wounded a little bit. But San Francisco is good. They're 15-2. and two. And this will be – they'll see this as also their opportunity to legitimize them. And so I think it's going to be a very intense setting with both teams going, we got to get this one. Yeah, certainly. Now, remember the last names Shabazz and Bouye. And if you are a BYU basketball fan, you probably already know them. They've been there for 30 years. Yeah, it feels like that. And they say the same thing about guys like Alex Barcelo at BYU, right? right. But Shabazz and Bouye are – one of the most dynamic backcourts, not just in the West Coast Conference, but in the entire country. They're really, really good. And Shabazz specifically has lit up BYU a couple of times in the recent past uh, and been the big reason that the Dons have kind of had BYU's number recently. So guard that really talented guard line, and then hopefully some good things happen for BYU tomorrow. Our question of the day, back to the last or last night's game, rather, at Gonzaga, were there more positives or negatives from BYU men's basketball against the Zags. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Chris Moroki on Instagram says, most positive was Caleb Lohner going for 17 points and knocking down multiple three-pointers. Others stepped up their game too. Looks like the better competition brought out the best in BYU's secondary players. I was so happy to see Caleb Lohner play well he looked like he did in the latter part of last season where he was a little bit slowed down and in control and poised and shooting with more confidence and hopefully that trend continues Dave because BYU is going to need Caleb Lohner to get back to what he was doing in the last latter part of last season we'll discuss that further was last night the turning point Mm. for Caleb that makes me most interested in watching tomorrow night sure just to find out that answer and as promised on a feel-good Friday The New York Jets rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson, joins us live to recap his rookie campaign and how he's awarding his offensive linemen. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, listen up as BYU Hoops looks to bounce back tomorrow night at San Francisco. Coverage begins at 10 p.m. Eastern with the Cougar pregame live with Jason Shepard. Greg Rubel, Mark Durant will have the call of the game at 11 Eastern, 9 Mountain Time on BYU Radio and the app. We are live in Studio B on a Friday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Dave McCann. Joining us now over Zoom is our good friend and one of the best to ever do it at BYU at the quarterback position. Now he is the second-year player for the New York Jets because he's successfully traversed through his rookie season. Zach Wilson is with us on the show. Zach, great to have you here. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation after a wild rookie year. Yeah, wild year. Wild <laughs> year for sure. It's, uh, it's good to be back and see you guys. 
Let's talk about it, man. How would you evaluate your first season as an NFL quarterback? Yeah, all the ups and downs, you know, the emotions of it all and uh, the learning experiences, you know, the stress, the fun, you know, it was a little bit of everything. Uh, but I really did enjoy it. Um, you know, I really do enjoy it out there in New Jersey, uh, New York, the whole the whole uh, environment, the fan base, uh, you know, my coaches, my teammates. I really do enjoy it out there a lot. Zach, who hit you the hardest? And after you got hit, what were you thinking? Um, I would honestly say the hardest hit I took all year was probably week one against Carolina. Uh, I took a sack. They brought, you know, wrapped two guys right up to A-gaps. I should have thrown the ball, held on to it, and, and I just, you know, I, I got smashed. I can't even remember who it was, but uh, <laughs> one of those big D-linemen they got up front. Now, those are the hard lessons that come along with transitioning into the NFL, but let's discuss what the best thing you learned in your first season was. What would you say is at the top of the list of lessons learned? <clears throat> Yeah, one, I would say it was just simplifying, you know, how can I simplify my thoughts? I think when I first got there, it was like, you know, now that I'm an NFL quarterback, I need to know so much more about the game. And I do. And I, I do think that's part of it. But once you once you get out on the field, it's how can I just have very few thoughts to be, you know, very efficient in understanding what I'm seeing and what I'm doing. And, um, you know, you're able to just play more comfortable and, and able to just get into more of a rhythm and just play like yourself. So I think simplifying was a, was a big one for me. Let's talk about these meet and greets after the game. And we've shown pictures on this show of you with Tom Brady and with Taysom and, and all the quarterbacks you've come face-to-face -face with. M many of those you grew up watching, and now you're, uh, now you're their equal, so to speak, from the other side. What are those like? What do you talk about? And, and like Tom Brady, when you go up to Tom Brady and, and before well, you were in elementary school, he was playing in the league, and now you're playing him and you had him beat until <clears throat> late in the fourth quarter. What is that conversation like? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, not not even just the conversation, but I think, you know, like the pregame warmups of, you know, going out there and just seeing like, you, you know, me playing for the Jets against the Bucks doesn't feel like the same Bucks I, I was watching on TV or like the Patriots, you know, the, the whole thing just it, it's weird, you know, and I, I'm like, you know, partway through the game and I look across and I'm like, this is crazy, you know, that's Gronk and that's Tom Brady and, and Mike Evans and AB, you know, all the all the different guys over there. And it's, it's an interesting thing because you know, it really is. Uh, it, it, I don't know if the reality of it is really like set in yet. You know, it's 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 kind of crazy to like think about, but I really am enjoying it. When you and Taysom met up for just a couple of minutes after that ball game late in the season, obviously that game probably meant more to Cougar Nation than any game in the history of the NFL. What did you guys talk about? I know you just had a few seconds together. Yeah, it was huge for BYU. You know, kind of like what you said. Uh, I was I was expecting the whole stadium to be full of blue. Uh, you know, having two BYU quarterbacks back in there. Uh, but, you know, we kind of just exchanged, you know, back and forth, just wishing each other best of luck and, you know, kind of how we're doing with the whole process and just being in the NFL and the NFL game and adjusting and, you know, kind of how he's doing and all that. And, uh, you know, that was pretty much it. So it was kind of good to, you know, just catch up for a little bit. New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Zach, midway through the season, essentially, your quarterback's coach and friend John Beck joined the staff in New York. What kind of a difference did that make for you in kind of your day-to-day -day preparation and helping you get better over the course of the season? Yeah, it was huge. You know, having John out there was uh, was awesome. It was everything I could have hoped for. You know, I, I appreciate the Jets for allowing that to happen. And, you know, the cool thing was is I didn't, I didn't want John to just be another a voice in the quarterback room, you know, saying the same kind of thing. I wanted him to, you know, approach it kind of how I was, you know, sit and listen and don't say anything the whole quarterback meeting. And, 
and just kind of take it all in. And then, you know, we got to spend time outside of the facility, you know, whether it was in the film room or, or out on the field, kind of talking about things, how I should approach things, you know, the mental side of the game. And then, and then physically, of course, of, you know, how I can, how I can fix a certain throw that I missed or my footwork or, you know, just being comfortable with it. You know, he definitely, uh, he definitely helped in that aspect. It was, it was great to have him out there. Now John's a pretty low key guy. So did you <clears throat> adequately institute him in the New York culture and, and raise his swag by doing so? <laughs> <laughs> no, John was still John. He was a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> I figured as much. Yeah, you played at yeah. Corner Canyon, and and you had a good time the whole time. And you played here at BYU, and you 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 laughed, you 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 won. You, it looked like you're having the time of your life with your friends. And then you go play for the Jets, which is now your job. So, what is the difference between playing for fun and love of the game, and your job? And how do you merge both worlds? Yeah, I mean, first I'd say that you can definitely see the business side of it. You know how it works, and you know, it's really crazy. Every single week, there's new guys in the locker room. You know, you don't feel like uh, it's the same. You know, every single week, we have different guys playing, different guys thrown in there, you know, money decisions and things that go around. And um, it truly does feel like a job from that point. But once it once it comes down to the game and kind of the things we're all going through and, you know, kind of having each other's back, it, it really is the same as it's been my whole life. You know, I, I really do enjoy it. And the best part is I don't have to go to school. So, you know, I sit at home sometimes <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, this is awesome. I get to play football for a living and, you know, I, I can, I can go hang out with the boys, watch tape. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly what I want to do. And I don't have to go home and do homework. So. Yeah, no, no kidding. That might be the greatest celebration of all. Yeah, and I mean, Dave and I, the in our own part. right, in our in our jobs, we're we're glad that we don't have to take finals yeah. and do homework as well. I love exactly. watching your relationship with your head coach Robert Sala develop over the year. Uh, but from your perspective, how how would you explain what that relationship is like right now? Yeah, I just think he's an awesome dude. I mean, he understands, you know, I think what it takes to be a good winning football team, uh, the culture that he set. Um, you know, he really gets to know his players, uh, down to a personal level, I think, which is, which is the way to do it. And, you know, I think since day one, you can kind of see, you know, the foundation that he set and what he's trying to do as a team. And, and, you know, that's why I have so much respect for him is he's really doing it the right way and guys really uh, respect him and, and the whole coaching staff. So I really do think we have a good group in there and, um, I'm excited to just keep working with them, you know, especially with coach solid, because, you know, I was pretty much his draft pick, which is cool. So me and him are hand in hand, as far as just you know, being a part of this team and, and making it work together. Now, Zach, I read the New York Post this week, and I'm not quite sure how to ask this question, so I'm going to dance around it a little bit. But uh, it had everything to do with uh, your personal life and nothing to do with football. And so my question for you is, how different is the world you're now living in compared to last year when the New York Post is writing stories about whether or not you've erased pictures from your Instagram account of someone you might be dating. It's an example of the world you're in. Describe this world that you're in. Yeah, it's definitely different. You know, I, I guess I kind of expected that, but when you're at, when you're at this level, everyone tries to analyze kind of everything you do in life, and you know, it's really part of it. You know, and it's a good thing for me to have to, you know, understand how to how to handle everything and, and handling my business the right way. And, um, you know, just always making sure I'm doing things the right way. Um, you know, but as far as that goes, I mean, it's just going to be part of the job and, uh, you kind of just gotta, you know, just move on and, and just kind of ignore it. But, you know, I guess it means you're doing something when people are talking. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, what it initiates you into being a big time sports personality in a big city, I guess, 
uh, you'd like it to be on touchdowns and and victories, um, but I guess this is just part of being in the big time, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's part of being in that New York market, and um, it definitely has its uh, its pros for sure. You know, along with the cons, but um, I do think in the long run that it is it is a good thing. Zach, at this point, January fourteenth today, you've got roughly six or seven months before things really get cooking again and we get back to training camps and football begins in full again. But that doesn't mean that your offseason doesn't include a lot of football. So walk us through your calendar, a little bit of vacation time, and then when do you get back to work and, and where are you going to be working? Yeah, so I'll be in Utah for the next month or so, uh, you know, hanging out with the family, you know, relaxing, getting back into training this next week. I've kind of you know, try to get the soreness off from uh, that past game, you know, so kind of feeling it. So I'm trying to wait till that, you know, kind of goes away. And then um, I'm going to go out to Miami for a little bit, probably California, um, maybe a little bit of Arizona as well. You know, I'm really trying to find, you know, if it's not Utah, where do I want to live uh, someday, buy a house, um, hopefully somewhere with warm weather. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to figure out. And then uh, mid-April, we go back to, uh, to New Jersey. And, um, you know, I'll move back into my place. We'll be there for about two months. We start off season workouts. So we'll do, you know, about four weeks of, of just lifting and running. And then we'll do, I think about 10 practices of OTAs, similar to spring ball. And then, uh, we get about six weeks off, uh, to go home. Some guys will vacation, whatever. Um, and then the last week of July, we start back up for, for training camp and, and really, you know, training camp in the NFL is a little bit different with preseason. It's about two weeks mm. until the first preseason game, you know, so that was new for me. I felt like the season just came so fast once we got back. So, um, you know, I got to enjoy this time, enjoy the offseason, but but definitely get after it and make sure I'm ready by the time that, that last week of July comes around. Zach, knowing what you know now based on the last eight months, and if you were <clears throat> the BYU quarterback coach today, what would you be teaching Jaron Hall, Jacob Conover, and the guys in that room? Yeah, I think one of the coolest lessons that I learned from my coaches, you know, something they harp, harped on me for. Uh, and then also, you know, what really kind of did it for me was when we had joint practices with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers talked about it. You know, you see all the flashy plays, but he was just, he talked about reading with your feet and that your feet are completely tied in your decision-making and, and the timing within the play. You know, if you, if you do a certain drop, you know, that first hitch needs to be taking you to progression one and the second one to your next. And it just keeps the rhythm and the play and the timing all sync together so that you're always on time and you're always, your feet are always in the ground and you're always able to make throws because you're balanced and, and you're set, you know? So that was, that was one thing I think coach A-Rod did a great job on, but that was something I, I always felt like if I was a quarterback coach, I would just really harp on it, you know, making sure that you simplify the game and you read with your feet and uh, the rest kind of takes care of itself. Read with your feet. That's the advice okay. for today. I love it. I love it. We're passing it on to Jaron Hall right now. We're clipping that off. Yep. We're sending to Jaron <laughs> Hall right now. Uh, Zach, before you go, I, I do want to ask you about, how much you're actually able to pay attention to BYU football because you're so in the thick of everything in the NFL and preparation and film room. And I mean, your coach has said at times they had to tell you to go home. I know that. I, mean, I talked to you. I know how you are. You're, you're a football junkie. It's awesome. But how much are you able to pay attention to what your guys and your friends at BYU were doing in the mix of being an NFL quarterback? I mean, one, we got to, we got to stop with those, uh, what was it? 10 30 PM games for me back <laughs> on the East coast. I mean, I mean, I was maybe catching the first quarter before I was going to sleep. You know, I found out, I found out we beat Utah the next morning actually, you know, and I wanted to stay up, but I was like, I got a game in the morning. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't stay up till two in the morning watching this thing. So, um, for one, we got to get that changed, but I always try to keep up with those guys and, 
you know, make sure I'm texting them, see how they're doing. And, and they had an awesome year. So I think it was a lot of fun, but I made sure that, you know, I tried to watch as many games as possible. I came to that, the game in, uh, in Vegas, you know, against Arizona and uh, just trying to support my brother as well, you know, cause my whole family is going to go right through BYU. So it's exciting. Hey Zach, uh, for what it's worth, I know you have corner Canyon connections and there's some pretty good quarterbacks out there. We can't mention specific names, but if you want to put in a good <laughs> word for BYU, feel free to do so. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he probably doesn't care what I have to say. We'll see. <laughs> hey, I just like the fact you're back in Utah. You can go to Wendy's and eat whatever you want, and it won't show up in the New York Post. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. It might. <laughs> Zach, it's great to talk with you. Uh, glad you're enjoying some family time back here in Utah. We wish you the best in your off-season training. Always a class act, and we'll talk to you again soon, man. Yep, appreciate you guys. Good to hear from you. Got right. it. Zach Wilson, New York Jets rookie quarterback now making his way into year number two. Four Fantastic. and 13, Dave. I still can't get over the fact that the Jets beat the number one seed in the AFC playoffs, the Titans. Like, the capability is there, right? Right, right. And, I mean, my favorite they highlight the of the season. the dead. Yes. They had them beat. Yes. My favorite highlight of the season came in that game against the Titans when Zach rolled out to his right and just kind of pointed to Corey Davis like, hey, go deep. Yeah. And – throws a dime 60 yards for a touchdown. They win that game. That was awesome. More impressive uh, over all of that stuff is that the representative Zach is at BYU and uh, wish him the best and encourage him to stay out of the New York Post. (laughs) (laughs) What a machine back there. TMZ, man. Come on. TMZ. Coming up, proof that the world is indeed our campus. And BYU receiver Puka Nakua announces he is officially back for next year. What does that mean for the Cougars? As they take on another loaded schedule, this is BYU Sports Nation. I think it means good things. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. The best of BYU SN airs Saturdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on BYU Radio, and is on the podcast feed during the best Featuring the best conversations and interviews from each week, Trevor Maddich, Jay Billis, just moments ago, our interview with Zach Wilson. Yeah, that was fun, yeah. insightful, you know? And uh, It's so cool to have a, a BYU guy in New York trying to well, and run it, the Jets. We we forget that, I mean, he's still so young. and he's 22. So, so to hear him talking about those experiences of looking across the field and seeing Tom Brady and... Rob Gronkowski and like that that's a very real thing for a rookie as he transitions and looks at like okay I'm I'm now here I'm in the show the Brady thing's amazing because Brady's been in the NFL every day of Zach Wilson's life <laughs> that's Six, crazy. 12 10 you know whatever it's he's crazy. always been watching Tom Brady and then he looks over there and goes that's Tom Brady and we're ahead yeah yeah and it's late in the fourth quarter he's double my he's 44 and I'm 22 it's just wild Dave McCann, alongside uh, myself, Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, you can follow us on the social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Ram presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. Dave, lead us off. On his Instagram account yesterday, Puka Nakua posted, who's ready for next year? Hashtag go Cougs. What does Puka returning next year mean for the BYU offense? Probably at least one more win, Dave. I think he's that influential as an individual player, even at the receiver position. But I think Puka is going to win BYU at least one more game than they would if they did not have him in the mix. Would you pick Puka coming back or Tyler Algier? Ooh. 
don't put that heat on me, Dave. I just Dave. put that heat on you. <laughs> uh, if uh, you could get Cal's running back, I'd take Puka. Oh, man. Because yeah. he's so dynamic as a receiver. I love and them both. And they did get Cal's running back. Yeah, for that reason, I, yeah, you know, knowing what we know, it's okay. But before, if you'd asked me, before BYU had the Cal running back, I'd probably lean towards Tyler Algier. Okay. All right, Dave, did the Oregon men's basketball win over third-ranked UCLA last night do more to benefit BYU's resume than the Cougars' loss to Gonzaga hurt their resume? I think the Cougars playing Gonzaga did more for the resume than anything else around the country. You play the number two, number one team, it helps your strength of schedule. BYU gets them again in Provo and then hopefully again in Vegas. That They don't have to beat them. Play them three times and you get a boost. But it's nice that Oregon finally showed up and played basketball. And beating UCLA at number three does help the Cougars strength the schedule so long as Oregon can keep it going. And we'll see if they can. But as you see right there, BYU sitting right where they should be for a team playing with a freshman center and a backup freshman center. This isn't the Gavin Baxter top 20 BYU basketball team. This is the team kind of reflected in those numbers of where BYU currently is, sure. and they got to fight to stay there. Yeah, okay, so right, they actually drop a spot after losing to Gonzaga. They dropped three spots in the Kempom ratings. It's not a huge deal. In bracketology, BYU's a nine seed. They were an eight, and these are your minimal things. However, in bracket matrix, BYU did jump up overall in all the brackets to an eight seed after the loss to Gonzaga. So read yeah. into that what you will. Figure it out. Tomorrow's a big game. We do know that. Yes. Caleb Lohner, 17 points on 7 of 10 shooting, was his second best points in shooting performance of the season. He was 2 for 3 from 3, which was his best in a long, long time. Was last night's game the turning point for Caleb's season? Maybe. I hope it is. And my double down picks just might reflect that coming up. Really? There's a but teaser. I think Caleb... He took a huge step forward mentally last night. To do that against Drew Timmy and the Zags, even though BYU lost by 26, but to see shots go down in a gym like that, and he just looked fluid and smooth, Dave. So I, I'm hoping it is. I, Before I say it was officially a turning point, we have to see what Caleb does against San Francisco tomorrow. Show night. me what you could do tomorrow. Yes. If he plays well two games in a row and they're the two biggest road games of the season. We may have something going. Yes. BYU, BYU needs something going. Oh, yeah. No question. The BYU women's basketball team held St. Mary's to seven or fewer points in three of the four quarters last night. How was the game last night? How exciting was that when the other team had seven points? It was 41-7 to seven with under a minute to play in the half. Yeah. Well, the football score. <laughs> it was wild. I watched it uh, on the BYU TV app, and I'm just like, you know what? Glad Spencer's calling this game tonight. <laughs> it's very interesting, Dave. Also, we'll leave it at that. This might be the best team Jeff Judkins has ever had. It's in wild. 21 seasons. So within the game last night, is it more impressive that the defense held the Gales to seven points or fewer in three of the four quarters, or that BYU did their thing and had a balanced attack and had four players and scoring in double figures? I'll take the defense. Yeah. Because BYU didn't shoot great last night. And they blew them out. They didn't shoot great against Pacific, and they blew them out. You're, you're pounding teams with your defense, and you have three of the best offensive players in the league. And some nights Paisley Harding is on, some nights Gonzalez is on, some nights Gustin's on, some nights Sarah Hampson's blocking shots left and right. Uh, you play defense and rebound, which yeah. is what this team yep. does. That's why they're 14-1. and one. I think the craziest stat of all was points off turnovers. BYU had 28, and St. Mary's had zero. 
when you win the turnover points battle 28 to nothing, you're going to win a lot of games. And to your point, BYU was 4 of 26 as a team from the three-point line. 15%, you blew them out. Can you imagine if they had made like, I don't know, three or four more? Then they'd probably win this game by 50-plus. St. Mary's isn't a bad team. They were held to 28% shooting. They were held to 17% shooting three-pointers. BYU is that good defensively. Wow. They should climb up. They've been stuck at number 18 in the polls due to East Coast bias. It's like, look at their schedule and move them up. They deserve to be higher in the top 25. They're playing like it. Okay. We'll see what happens. So let's discuss that. 13-1, and one, number 18, currently a four seed in that bracketology. Dave, is BYU women's basketball the best team on campus right now? You mean competing right now or just like of all teams? You tell me. Of all teams, let's see, that soccer team played for the national championship. The volleyball team was awesome. The football team won 10 games, finished number 19. I'm going to say they're the best team on campus that's playing right Competing now. Competing right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally fair. Because, uh, I mean, who's going who's gonna to be better than them in, in terms of the competing resume at the moment? Men's basketball, we already went through uh, what they're dealing with, with injuries, and they just got blown up by Gonzaga. BYU women's basketball is the heavy favorite in the West Coast Conference. I, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, they break the huddle of every practice saying Final Four. They're not afraid to go there mentally. They have huge ambitions and dreams. Follow those dreams. You know, and the previous times they went to the Sweet 16, they were a double-digit seed. This is a different scenario. Yeah, that's a good team. And they're coming. They, tomorrow they're at LMU. They're back on BYU TV next week. Coming up, someone had a good night last night with his double-down picks. I think we've, <laughs> we've already heard that. Oh, boy. And in the world, <laughs> is the world, rather, the answer for BYU basketball now and moving forward? The international recruiting train is gaining steam. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. To get to know the players, the coaches, and some compelling fan stories, search Deep Blue on the BYU TV app today. You will not be disappointed. You'll spend a lot of time there, too. Be warned. Yeah. Because there are some fantastic stories. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live on a Friday in Studio B. We talked to Zach Wilson earlier. If you missed that conversation, you can download the podcast and listen to it on demand. Good stuff. Dave, I want to talk about the international presence that is within BYU athletics, specifically BYU men's and women's basketball right now. Because really, you hear the university moniker, the world is our campus. You look at the rosters on the men's and women's teams, it's very real. Four international players for Mark Pope. Five on Jeff Judkin's squad. Let's outline all of them. On the men's side, Atiki Ali Atiki is from Tanzania. Gideon George, of course, doing wonderful things for the people of Nigeria. Fusini Traore is from Mali. And then Winitana Peora is from New Zealand. Okay, those are the four there. Then as we shift to the women's side, you look at Maria Albiero, who is Brazilian. Signe Glantz from Sweden. Tegan Graham, who is a massive addition for BYU over the past two years out of New Zealand, and fellow New Zealanders Ariel Mackey-Williams and Kaylee Smiler. Nine players from international locations at BYU. So, Dave, my question is, looking at those rosters, is this the key to sustained success for BYU basketball on the men's and women's side? It's certainly an avenue to pursue which has not been pursued, you know, in recent years. But Mark Pope and Jeff Judkins and, and coaches on campus are willing to find them, 
whether they're in different countries or they're in the portal from different countries, but bring them here. I wrote an article yesterday on Foos in the Deseret News. So last night, Foos started at Center, a devout Muslim from West Africa starting at Center for BYU. That's never happened Incredible. before. Incredible. His teammate, Atiki, Ali Atiki, also a devout Muslim, who started two games over at Diamond Head Classic uh, in Honolulu. So he was the first. Now, Foos is the first regular starter who's a devout Muslim from Africa. And you go, I wonder if the guys who built the sports department at BYU all those years ago had an inkling of, one, there would be a BYU TV that can take whatever happens here to the world. But two, that someday a devout Muslim from West Africa would be the starting center. Incredible. And you've got to go all the way back 50 years before Foose's recruiting visit for the Gonzaga game two years ago. 50 years back, and Kresmer Chosich comes to BYU. The first, as Billy Packer, the longtime CBS sports analyst, said he was the first international player to come and be a superstar and open the door for everybody, not just BYU guys, for foreign athletes to come to the United States, get an education playing college basketball. And, uh, and, and here you got, a pre you, got, you got Chosich, and then years later, you look at today's lineup and roster for BYU, and you go, pioneer, and those who made it possible, and here they are. And I see no reason to believe that it's not going to continue. Sure. And I look at the international presence at the highest level in the NBA. I mean, there's a real case. Some people think Luka Doncic is the best all-around player in the NBA right, right now. International guy. You know, and that's a conversation and a debate with NBA fans for another day. But the point is, he's incredible. And it doesn't stop there. There are so many good international players at the NBA level. And how about the impact that uh, that these kids have on all the other kids here on campus? Sure. Um, Mark Pope told the story uh, in my article that uh, before the game, a, a player takes 30 seconds with a little devotional and then leads the team in prayer. And it came Foose's turn, and he stood up and gave a 30-second devotional and led the team in a Muslim prayer Amazing. in his native language. And then they took the floor. And one, this is how he develops the best locker room in the country that he likes to talk about. This brings them together in the most unique ways. But the fact that that's never happened before in the history of BYU, and the rest of the team is participating. So it elevates everybody. And Mark Pope said, BYU is the greatest destination for a faith-based student or student athlete in the country. Um, regardless of religion. Regardless of religion, and that they will be treated, they'll be safe, and this will be an environment for them to build their faith uh, more so than any place in the country, and he is right. And, and these athletes want that. Uh, and, and, and you know what? For kids that don't want that, there are plenty of other places that can meet those needs. Sure. But for this particular need, and he's seeing it from his guys, whether it be George, uh, from Nigeria or, or Atiki or Foos, um, he says it's magical. Yeah. I look at the lessons that those guys are teaching us, Yeah, you know, from their right. very unique standpoints and of service and love and acceptance. Like, we're talking about BYU being a good place for them to feel safe. They are helping the BYU community. They are helping you and me and every BYU fan by showing these incredible examples of love and service and respect, and we could use more of it. So, I mean, it is... It is an incredible impact, not just on the floor, but clearly their impact off the floor is just as meaningful, if not more meaningful. And, yeah, I mean, I look at teams even in the West Coast Conference, Dave. Gonzaga has had incredible success recruiting international players 
and those guys have gone on to do amazing things. DeMontis Sabonis, St. Mary's had the Australian and New Zealand pipeline going for a long time and still have it going. They bring in these great players and develop them, and some of them move on to the NBA. It's it's wild. So St. Mary's discovers them, Gonzaga discovers them, they help lift these guys to their NBA careers. Why not BYU? get involved in that mix. Who said his goals that he wanted to achieve in life were not attainable in Mali? And his parents sent him here, sent him to Wasatch Academy in San Pete County. Two years later, he's at BYU, and he said, I'm, it's hard. English is his third language. He finished the semester with a 3.86 GPA. He's crazy. And he said he's got a lot of good people helping him. Um, but his favorite class was a religion class. He said he learned a few things and, uh, and, and also saw the similarities between his faith and the predominant faith on campus, and uh, and he's a joy to be around. Oh. It's like g- recruit more fooses, more atikis, <laughs> but be patient when yes. there's freshmen playing at Gonzaga. <laughs> they are going to grow up, and they are going to be really good. Ah, oh, great stuff. And I'll say this to close out on the women's side. Tegan Graham, like as right. amazing as Shaylee Gonzalez and Paisley Harding and Lauren Gustin all are, and Sarah Hampson with her presence I feel like the most essential glue piece on that women's team is the New Zealand star, Tegan Graham. She makes it all work. She's like the magic potion that makes the concoction work and be fabulous, right? BYU would be great without her. They're special with her. Don't let her shoot. She's the best three-point shooter in the West Coast Conference, and yet teams still leave her up. But she's been been. Dynamite. Yeah, I agree. In I so agree. many ways. Great passer. Had seven assists last night. Yeah. So, an international player, I feel like, is what makes BYU go from great to special this season. Yeah. And somewhere, Christian Merchosich is going, You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should sign more foreign athletes. It's wild. Tegan shot 47% from the three point line last year. That was a WCC record. And she's not far behind that this year. 45%. It's awesome. Yeah. Good. That's a good team. Coming up, our elite voice of the day. And, you know, I've got some work to do with my double down picks. I think it's over. <sighs> it's a long season, Dave. I know it. Never say that. Never say that. <laughs> I'm saying it now. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It's time, by contract, for the results of our double-down picks from the Gonzaga game. And we'll give you our picks for BYU at San Francisco. We each give two predictions. Each one of those picks we get right is worth a point. If you get both correct, you get a bonus point for a total possible of three. All right, Dave. All right, here's Jerem's predictions. He had a massage this morning, so he's not in today. Tijon Lucas would make two threes, and he did. He so got it! Point and, for Jerem. And the stat that I was pubbing <laughs> is now no longer relevant. That BYU is undefeated when Tijon makes a three. It, until you face Gonzaga, right? right. Uh, then he went, BYU scored 70 or more, and they scored 84 in the loss. So two points uh, and the bonus for uh, for Jerem, who's pulling away from this thing. Congratulations, what, 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 what about you? What happened? Uh, I said BYU will cover the Ken Pomeroy spread and be within 12 points. I was feeling really good when BYU cut it to seven early in the second half, and I thought, okay, just maybe they can keep it respectable and close the rest of the way, and then Gonzaga went absolutely bonkers. Yeah, they did. And they win by 26. BYU, you told me BYU's going to score 84. I would have thought for sure they'd be within 12. Yeah, I, I agree. 
BYU will hold Gonzaga to 80 or fewer points. Was that a first half? That was, yes. Pick? I'm glad you nice picked job. up on that. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was clear yesterday. It, they would hold them to 80 or fewer in the first half. They only got 61. Uh, no, the Zags dropped 110. So no points for me last night. Let's look at the standings. <laughs> Jerem's up 28-14. Two touchdowns. I don't know where you can get two touchdowns the rest of the way. <laughs> and Shepard's not helping me at all. If you look at those, he's got... He's helped me get five points. <laughs> but granted, we're not on as much as you guys. True. Okay, so. now for our picks for the San Francisco game, Dave. You make the picks today. All right, Foose is going to get a double-double. All right. And he was close last night. He's, this is going to be a good game for him. And Trevin Nell's going to score a career high, which means Ooh. 21 points or more. He had just five last night. He's got to be better than that. He's got to be the X factor tomorrow against San Francisco. While they're chasing Lucas, Barcelo, and dealing with Foose, Trevin Nell career high tomorrow night. That is aggressive and I'm here for it. Alright, my picks. Number one, Caleb Lohner's going to score in double figures again. Ooh, riding the wave, huh? I think that this is the turning point. Gonzaga was the turning point. He scores in double figures again tomorrow at San Francisco. Okay. And BYU's defense will show up. They will hold USF to 75 or fewer points on the Don's home court. San Francisco averaging 78 on the entirety of the season. They just put up 90-plus against LMU. Yeah. 75 or fewer. BYU's defense is good. Love it. Jerem's going with BYU wins by five or more, and Spencer gets one pick right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even mad about that. No, you shouldn't it's be. It's an ultimate troll job, and I, I don't even – it's great. Think well of it played. as encouragement. <laughs> Our question of the day, were there more positives or negatives from BYU's loss at Gonzaga? Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Takanur on Twitter says, BYU's offense came alive. Young guys got critical playing time. The whole team got a good wake-up call about where BYU currently stands against the country's elite. Definitely some positives. Yes, this is the best team, arguably, in the country, along with Baylor. And they are by far the best team that's shooting 69%. Oh, my There's goodness. no better team in the country than what Unbelievable. BYU saw last night. Offensive display by the Zags. Uh, yeah, so BYU, look, UCLA got blown out. Okay, Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We're giving it to Caleb Lohner and women's basketball. Our thanks to today's guest, Zach Wilson. Good time for Dennis, Dave. Ah, uh, no, sorry, Zach, too much time. For Dave, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Justin Robinson. Have a great weekend and go Cougs.